Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. Throughout high school, I participated in a sport that I had never intended to participate in. I think I've mentioned it before on the site, maybe even in a show. I ran in the sport called cross country, which I didn't even know existed before my friend dragged me to the tryouts for it. When he told me about it, I thought cross country actually meant that you ran really long distances. And I guess technically you do in high school. You run two miles or so as a freshman and then a little over three miles or 5K when you're above freshman level. I didn't love it, but I took to it pretty well and I did okay. I was your average high school athlete. I had not really participated in many sports outside of Little League and those were very casual. You just showed up to the game and high school sports you transported via bus and you were with everybody there was a lot of camaraderie it was interesting to me one of the elements that i found very interesting was how people would try to get themselves psyched up to run now i imagine this is the same in a lot of sports people use music they like inspiring words the bus that i traveled on to almost every event was filled with hard rock sometimes heavy metal people blasting it trying to get themselves psyched up. And talking to my fellow teammates, I found out that they would keep that music in their head throughout the entire race. Some of those heavy metal tracks were really heavy. I have no idea how they were able to handle that. You would often hear discussions about the best music to listen to on the way to an event. Usually would be followed up with the time the person had and then they would try to repeat that. When that failed, they would move on to a different song. I avoided these conversations because throughout my freshman year of running, I had a odd secret to my running, and it was the movie Animal Olympics. In Animal Olympics, there is a marathon event in it, and one of the characters repeats the words, Viva la victory. They are a French goat, of course, and whenever I thought of running before I joined cross country, I thought of that goat running and when he would say Viva la Victory. So whenever I would start running, I couldn't help but think those words and Viva la Victory would pop into my head and then Animal Olympics would pop into my head. And then I was running thinking about Animal Olympics and some of the great music in it. Needless to say, the cross-country team was not filled with Animal Olympics fans, so I didn't really share my secret. But I'll tell you this, when I was a freshman, at the end of the season, I made it to the varsity team to run in a kind of important race. I was the end of the team, so I was the scrub, not expected to do very well. And I didn't do very well, but it came down to the last few guys and how well they did. And since I came across the finish line, in some place, I don't even know how the scoring is done, we got to move on to the next round. And it was all because of Animal Olympics. So those team medals that we all got were because of this movie. Now I'm pretty sure that no one who was on my team is listening to this. And if they are, they're probably laughing, thinking, you were a terrible runner. And yes, I will admit, I was not the greatest runner on the team. But I would have been a lot worse without Animal Olympics. So on today's show, I'm going to talk about Animal Olympics, which seems fitting because the Olympics are right around the corner. I'm going to talk about the people behind it. The reason it was made, some of the people who do the voices, the music, where you might see Animal Olympics on TV nowadays and why it's a little different. 
where you can get Animal Olympics today, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. tell you a little bit about the people behind Animal Olympics first, namely Lisberger Studios, who I've talked about on the show before and on the site many times. I have talked about them because Steven Lisberger and his group of filmmakers were the people behind the masterpiece Tron. But before they did Tron, they were making animation up in Massachusetts and entered some of their animation in film festivals, things like that, and were pretty well received. So Lisberger and his business partner Donald Kushner moved the business out to Venice, California in 1978 and started working on a 90-minute animated film for NBC called Animal Olympics. The film was actually originally commissioned by NBC to be used as two separate shows that would air as part of their Olympic coverage in 1980. The Winter Olympic game actually did make it to NBC, but as the 1980 Olympics grew closer and the Soviets had invaded Afghanistan, America was not going to participate in the 1980 Olympics because the games were being held in Moscow. If the Americans weren't going to be a part of it, NBC didn't feel the need to cover the Olympics that year. And sadly, the hour-long Animal Olympic summer games were never shown. When they did move out to California, they had conceived this as a full-length feature, and Kushner and Lisberger decided to follow through on that, and the edited-together version had its debut at the 1980 Miami Film Festival. People liked it, so much so that they decided to release the film in overseas markets during the summer of that year. Today's show is brought to you by your local body shop. Cars in trouble? Fix it at the body shop. We have a beauty salon for cars. We have a beauty salon for cars. He's paint fenders, hood and dome. Give it paint and fix the chrome. You'll think you're driving a new car home from our beauty salon for cars. Love that body shop. So behind the animation, you had Steven Lisberger, who would go on to work on Tron and, of course, stay on board with Tron and produce Tron Legacy. He would also direct the very underrated John Cusack film Hot Pursuit. But in addition to Lisberger, you had art director and animator Roger Allers, who would animate the character of Kit Mambo, who was the lion and the other member of the marathon who runs next to the goat. He would later go on to direct The Lion King. Another animation director was Bill Croyer. He would later go on to write and direct Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. And finally, you had Brad Bird, who would go on to work as the story editor of The Simpsons and would later write and direct the tremendous Iron Giant and, of course, for Pixar, Ratatouille, and The Incredibles. 
it is amazing to think of all these very talented people all working on the same project together and all working for a great company, Lisberger Studios, which happened to have one of the coolest intros. Now, you can't see the visual. This audio will give you a good idea of just how amazing the intro to a Lisberger Studios film was. <laughs> Before we talk about some of the voice talent, I want to give a little overview of what this movie is about. The movie was a series of vignettes where we were seeing an Olympic Games for animals. And these are animals that are kind of humanized. And it's all being broadcast on a fictional network. These Animal Olympic Games, or Animal Olympics, see what they did there, combine both the summer and winter game events all into one big celebration of animal athletics. The broadcasters presenting the Animal Olympics are animals, and the participants are animals, and a lot of them are caricatures of celebrities. Although I have to admit, I was not sophisticated enough at the time to recognize any of those celebrities, either on the broadcasting side of things or especially on the athletic side of things. So unlike the real Olympics, there are no countries represented in the Animal Olympics. Instead, they do it based on continent, although the Soviet Union and sort of Eastern Bloc at the time is represented sort of separately and not lumped in with Asia or Europe. Even though some of the continents are barely represented in the movie, all of them except for Antarctica make an appearance. No love for the penguins. Now, there are lots of highlights to this, and you have to watch it to really develop a sense of what is your favorite. But there is a race that's running throughout the Animal Olympics, which is a marathon between René Fromage, a French goat, and Kit Mambo, an African lioness. They are the favorites to win and very determined, and throughout it they start running and running together. Now, I'm going to give you a bit of a spoiler. If you've never seen Animal Olympics, I'm sorry, but this is really adorable. As they're running, they begin to admire one another, and eventually they fall in love, and as they get closer to the finish line, neither of them decide to pull ahead of the other. Instead, they hold hands, crossing the finish line together, and they keep running into the future. And this is just like in nature, where goats and lions get along fabulously. Now, in addition to this marathon, which is so important, there are many other events represented in the Animal Olympics. You have skiing, swimming, fencing, figure skating, various track and field events, gymnastic, bobsledding. They have soccer, or to the rest of the world, football. They have basketball, diving, volleyball, weightlifting. And there are various events that are shown in highlight reels or mentioned happening, like cycling, boxing, and water polo. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of the characters in the movie are caricatures of existing athletes, ones I couldn't mention back then and probably still couldn't today. And even the broadcasters that present the Animal Olympics are parodies of existing people. And we'll talk a little bit about those voice talents and the characters they did after these messages. Children's Palace, Children's Palace, let's take a look at 
I'm Peter Panda. There are so many bicycles. And remember, always ride your bike very carefully. I will, Peter Panda. Don't forget. And over here, there are nice doll carriages. And more and more. <laughs> what a toy store. I love it. I love it. Can you do this? Mattel's magical musical theme makes making music easy. How about this? The magical musical theme is electronic, 9-volt battery not included. Top that. You're weird. Mattel's magical musical theme is electronic, comes with songbook. And now, back to our show. Animal Olympics is lucky they landed some great voice talent to work on the show. Gilda Radner, who was an original member of the Saturday Night Live cast, and a very funny lady, did the voice of Barbara Warblers, Coralie Perrier, Brenda Springer, Tatiana Tashenko, and Dory Turnell. Billy Crystal, who probably big claim to fame at this point was playing Jody Dallas on the sitcom Soap but would later go on to work on movies like When Harry Met Sally and City Slickers. And of course, he's hosted the Oscars many, many times. He did the voice of Ruggs Turkle. Harry Shearer, who is an extremely talented comedian, writer, voices on The Simpsons, worked on Saturday Night Live, is in Spinal Tap, hosts a radio show every week. He did the voice of Keen Hacksaw. And rounding out the voice talent was Michael Fremer. And you're like, who's Michael Fremer? He was the music editor on Animal Olympics and would later go on to be the music supervisor on Tron. And he does pretty good voices. He does the voice of Henry Hummel, Rene Fromage, Kit Mambo, Bolt Jenkins, and Joey Gongalong. All of them do a great job. The movie was released on February 1st, 1980, and it never got a theatrical distributor in the U.S., but was acquired by Warner Brothers for home video and TV release. And in the summer of 84, it started airing on HBO and Showtime nationwide. It was there that I started watching Animal Olympics and became obsessed with it, watching it every time it was on. And it would continue running intermittently throughout the mid-80s, and then in the mid-90s, it was picked up on the Disney Channel. And I mentioned earlier that there were versions to the show, and they changed it to make it slightly more family-friendly for the Disney Channel, editing out things that might be, I guess, questionable, which I think is silly, to an audience that isn't from the late 70s, early 80s. is great fun, great cast, but it also has great music. What you heard there was the theme to Animal Olympics, which was created by Graham Gouldman. What's cool is that in the movie, 
these songs are paired in segments that are almost like music videos. So when you're watching this and now it's mid-80s, you are familiar with the music video scene and these segments perfectly play into what you expect from a music video. And what is interesting is that this was made in the late 70s before MTV. They could have taken any of these segments had this soundtrack caught on, which music tastes had changed and there's a lot of very disco-y things in this which is one of the reasons it's really worth checking out and they could have put them on mtv and it would have played off like any music video at the time people might have thought this is really trippy watching all these animals dance around and perhaps they would have loved animal olympics that's me dreaming by the way The soundtrack to Animal Olympics is hard to come across because it was released on vinyl and I guess is not considered a viable property for re-release on CD or MP3 format, which is a shame because there's a bunch of really good songs on there and I think it would have value to anyone who was an Animal Olympics fan back in the day and any kids who might enjoy it now would probably want to have some of these songs to play on their iPods or whatever kids like to listen to their music on. You can, of course, buy a vintage vinyl, and if you do look around, you might be able to find it converted to MP3 in the shadier corners of the internet. After these messages, we'll be right back. This is Cindy. She's new from Mark's Toys. Her hair is soft and easy to care for. Her skin is soft, too. And there are so many ways that you can move her. And all these toys are what we call Cindy's World. There's a lot to choose from. Cindy can be a friend. Here's Cindy's bedroom set. Pretend she's your very own friend. Where shall you go next? What shall you do? This is Cindy's dining room set. She can be there with you. And these are the things in Cindy's kitchen. Each piece is sold separately. And here's Cindy's music center. It has a real radio. 9-volt battery not included. Cindy and each toy are sold separately. Part of Cindy's world for Marks. From the Black Hole Collection, it's Vincent. Look, a black hole in space. And Captain Dan Holland. It's the Black Hole action figures, each sold separately. You can pretend the evil Dr. Reinhardt and Maximilian want to force Captain Holland and Vincent into the black hole. All clear, Captain. Other black hole action figures sold separately. Maximilian, Captain Holland, Vincent, and all black hole action figures sold separately by Mego. And now, back to the show. There's a great sequence at the Noah's Ark discotheque in the movie. Just that is worth the price of admission to getting this movie. It uses a song called Go For It, which is period perfect and combined with the animation and the style. It is magical. Now, if you'll excuse me, it's time for me to dance. Once you hear it, you can't get that soundtrack out of your head. And sadly, 
you can't get that soundtrack out in stores. And here's an even bigger tragedy. Animal Olympics is not out on DVD at all in the United States. That doesn't mean you can't get it. There are people selling versions of the DVD, and the quality is pretty decent. But if you do live in Europe, you can get a copy made for the DVD market there. Of course, if you have no interest in trying to find it on DVD, the entire video has been uploaded to YouTube in broken down format and, of course, in its entirety. The quality skips a little at some point, but basically you can watch the entire movie online. I loved Animal Olympics when it was on, and if you were to hang out with me, you would see that anytime I can, I tend to reference it, and nobody has any idea what I'm talking about, which is a real shame because Animal Olympics is fun, made by talented people who were creating a new world. These were not existing cartoon characters like you would see in the Laugh Olympics, say. Instead, these were brand new creations, and perhaps had they caught on, maybe if the Olympics had run in 1980, we would have seen them revived year after year, and we could have grown the mythology of the Animal Olympics. And instead of watching, say, the Bud Bowl whenever we have the Super Bowl, we might also be betting on who was going to win the Animal Olympics that year. These are, of course, the mad rantings and fantasies of a fan of something that is very special to him. But back when broadcast television was all we had, you could get a large audience for something that just a couple of years later would get fragmented by a couple of dozen channels. So who knows what Animal Olympics could have been with the exposure of a captive audience. I can dream. What is an animal? What is a plant? What can the difference be? If you know what the difference is, won't you please tell me? A horse is a horse, and a snake is a snake. A fish is a fish, and a bee is a bee. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. an animal, what is a plant, what can the difference be? If you know what the difference is, won't you please tell me? Viva la victory, viva la victory. Boop, 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 boop. Viva la victory, viva la victory, viva la victory. Boop, 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 boop. This has been a retrospective. Goodbye.